Welcome to season two of In the Arena with Now. This season, we'll be diving into collaborative action and coalition building, transformative practices for healing, joy, and equity. We'll hear from a variety of local leaders and experts about how they're co-designing and co-creating solutions within their communities, all to ensure that children, families, and all community members have access to the critical resources and opportunities they need to lead healthy, thriving lives. I'm your host, Rhonda Alexander, Director of National Partnerships with Vital Village Networks of Opportunity for Child Wellbeing at Boston Medical Center. Welcome back. I can't wait to jump into part two of my conversation with Vital Village Network's National Advisory Board member, Inez Palmerin. In our previous episode, you heard Inez talk about her work with Boston Mothers Care, the importance of collaborative action, and so much more. Today, we're continuing our conversation by diving deeper into collaborative leadership. You started to talk a little bit about young people and the the sheer will and power of of young leaders coming up. And so I'd love to maybe ask, what does leadership look like in this space? And especially multi-generational leadership. Yeah. And how is that different from what we've traditionally been taught? Right. I just hosted a convening over Zoom for the bank with a colleague of mine around this because we are supporting different initiatives in the region, Maine, Rhode Island, and Connecticut. And this question came up about young people and younger voices in the initiatives and how who's thinking about that. And I'm the director of the Rhode Island Working Cities, and there's an organization there called uh, Youth in Action, who's actually doing this work very meaningfully in very in a very authentic and very sort of organic but intentional i mean all of it is in there they have created cocos which is like co-positions for the young leaders to actually have decision making powers in the organization and it's not just about having the young people be on the board so you can say you have young leaders or younger voices it's really about you know having the young people be part of the budget and be part of decision-making processes and and even um, hiring. So some organizations, some young people are already sort of doing this work that I'm talking about that's very different and it's it's great to watch. Leadership, I think for me these days, I've been focusing on local leadership because I believe that local residents, local leaders have solutions. I strongly believe Ayanna Presley talks about, you know, the people that are going through it know the answers. That stuck with me when I heard her say that. And I've been really thinking about how do you support local leaders in this work? And to me, that's translated into how do you fund and compensate people for their time? And how do you work in partnership with leaders that have different ideas? of how we traditionally think an initiative or program should be run. And I'm learning a lot about that because we constantly talk about, you know, needing to do things so differently. But then when we have people that are trying to do that and it doesn't look or feels familiar, right? We have to step back and truly ask our questions of how can we best support this to evolve into the next phase instead of intervening with what we think, you know, needs to happen at that moment. Yeah. 
it reminds me of when I used to to work with schools and working with teams of teachers to get them to think about teaching and learning differently and sort of working as a team. And they would always say, yeah, we want things really different. We want to do it differently. We have this vision of doing things differently. And every time they we ran up against a challenge, we said, well, we've never done it that way. And I would often ask, do you want, you want to do things differently, but exactly the same way you've always done them? And that would sort of be an aha moment, like, oh, wait, if we want, to, if we want things to be differently, we have to approach it differently. And I think that is so incredibly important. And then the value of local leadership, of folks being able to come together and make decisions and create solutions for themselves based on what they know and their experience and their community. Because how can I show up in another part of the world and tell someone I'm going to solve all of their problems when I don't know, I don't understand. There's history, there's all of these pieces and parts. And so I love just uplifting that and then sharing the decision-making. How do you do that? How are folks making decisions together in your in your work? I think you shared about some young people, but what are some other examples of, of how folks are making decisions together? Yeah. Decision-making, it's about power, right? Because we can have, we can say we're going to fund this work and then it just continues to be the same and we don't get to see the fruit and the ground level because a lot of those dollars end up being sort of, in my mind is a personal sort of observation, part of like the organization, administrative staffing, whatever. So to me, when I think about local leadership, and decision-making, it's so important to have local leaders as part of like these tables where the funding is coming through, because I believe that there needs to be a shift. There needs to be a shift on like, who's really doing the work these days in the community, especially in communities of color. And how do we get funding closer to, to the people who are doing that work? Many years, I've seen many collaboratives and coalitions that said they were doing the good work and getting the funding that they needed to advance equity around transportation or any sort of big initiative like that. And then at the end of the day, the non the smaller nonprofits, mostly BIPOC led, would get ten thousand dollars, twenty thousand dollars, while these other organizations would get hundreds of thousands of dollars. And you know, the the smaller nonprofits were the ones that were sort of convening the people in the community and doing the network. So that's where that sort of comes from for me. In your work with coalitions and collectives, what's the most valuable lessons that you've learned? Yeah, I have probably facilitated dozens of (laughs) collaborative tables. I think I've learned that, yes, having a shared vision is very important. Trust is very important. Understanding that not everybody's going to get 100% of that pie from the beginning to say that out loud is very important. The work comes in when you sort of start really thinking about how do you share that work? You know, how do you sustain that work and the people in it in the long run? And I think that that's why it's so important to create those relationships because when the money's gone and maybe when the work is done, you know, those relationships are the things that you fall back on and you say, oh, wow, that was an amazing time I spent with those group of people. And you might call on them again, you know, for something new and exciting. There's a learning piece to this too. I think 
in this sort of phase of my career, I would say that I had a like an aha moment maybe five years ago where I was used to just doing, getting, you know, action oriented. We're going to get the next thing done. We're going to get this and this is going to get us there. And there's this space called the gray space for me these days where we have to allow ourselves to be learners. And to, you know, if we, we live in that space, I think that it's very uncomfortable, but there's just so much more that we get out of learning and reflecting as we're doing. And if you're fortunate enough, I, and I've been because of where I am, you are able to sort of pivot and be flexible. And I think that that's just, I wish I would have known that when I was a little younger, <laughs> that you didn't have to, you know, be so rigid in these processes that you should allow for time for reflection and learning. Yeah, it's funny. I think back to high school, my high school was quite different. And we used to have a period in the day that was called reflection. Mm-hmm. And we had journals that we had to fill out every day. And you could choose to write or you could choose to draw or do something else. But like it was a point in the day where like you literally had to reflect. And when I was in high school, I was like, this is like the most useless period of the day. <laughs> but looking back now, because occasionally, you know, I'll be doing something at my parents' house and I'll come across like, I think last year I came across my reflection journal from ninth grade. And like just having the importance of that time to sit and think. And I think often when we're doing this deep work in communities and this local leadership, we don't have the luxury of that time to reflect. I think you spoke about it a, a minute or so ago when you talked about, you know, these large organizations often not led by folks of color are getting hundreds of thousands of dollars while folks on the ground are getting, you know, pennies or, or, $10,000 10000 or $15,000 that they constantly have to be working for right. and constantly have to, to be fundraising. And so they don't have the luxury to sit and reflect. Mm-hmm. And how do we begin to build that in and say, like, we're on the ground, we're doing this work and we need time. Right, right. Um, I, think, I think, yeah, I'm living in that space these days. Like, how do we really nurture our folks? like us uh, in this work, what does rest look like? There's been, you know, some new stuff around that. Like, how do you rest so you can refuel and, and mentally give yourself that break that you need and be okay with that because we've conditioned to do, you know, to keep doing and working in this sort of economy that we live under. You know, capitalism will tell us that um, if we're not being productive, we're we're not we're just not doing enough right we're not not worth anything but that's capitalism and it's really about like no we we deserve rest because we are human because we exist not because we need to earn it and so yeah how do we think differently and practice differently and hold space for that in our coalition I'd also love to ask, I know I'm having such a good time in this conversation, so I hope you are too. Um, What's something you want to dive deeper into as you think about, you know, saying you want to learn and creating a space for Mm -hmm. reflection? What do you want to dive deeper into? What are you curious about? So you are coming at the right time for me. Makes me a little emotional. So I'm at that. I think I am leaning towards my spiritual side these days. I'm leaning towards rest and to think about how I sustain myself for the, for the next 10, 15 years or what, you know, in this work, I'm trying to find joy in 
my family, my faith, my friends. The work I've seen people, you know, get sick over this stuff. It's serious. People, you know, have passed way too early because they haven't been had the luxury to rest. And I've also seen people who've given their whole life to this work, like Mel King, who we just recently lost. These days, Ines is about trying to find out a little bit more about why she wants to continue to do this work. So I've just recently started um, a program, a seminary program in Latinos in Global Studies to dive into a little bit more of that space of the spiritual side. I think that there's something about humanity in general <laughs> that I, I just have a lot of questions and I am fortunate. I am one of the lucky ones, you know, my, I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to be a statistic somewhere. And so trying to figure out how I can continue to do this good work in a meaningful way. That's where I'm at. That's beautiful. Just finding the meaning and, and settling in. What are some of the things you would tell your younger self? And then you want to make sure that the next generation, the folks coming up behind you and sort of learning from you, what do you want to make sure that they know? I think I would have told myself, be easy on yourself. <laughs> Give yourself some grace. But just believe in your leadership. Uh, don't wait for people to tell you that you are a leader or you're good enough. That's very important for me. That's something that I carried because I was first generation everything. So I constantly questioned if I was ready for leadership positions. I think I would also tell myself to be more aggressive on the things that I know need to happen and not wait for permission. <laughs> I waited for a lot of permission to be part of tables, to be part of conversations. Kind of wished I would have been more bold when I was younger. And that's what I admire about the young people today. They're very bold, very bold about what they want to do and see in this world. Yeah, I'd love that. Don't ask for permission. Just speak up and trust yourself. Yeah, as a parent, I'm trying to, <laughs> to make sure that I am trying to impart that same wisdom on my child and listen to it. Sometimes I say things to them and I'm like, you know what, this is a two for one ministry here because these are things that I need to hear as well. We're going into our 10th annual National Community Leadership Summit and the theme of the summit is writing our stories. And so what's the story that you want to be able to tell about your work in the communities you serve now? And what story might you like to see told five years from now? Yeah, I deeply care about communities, especially our communities of color, especially here in Boston. I've dedicated my life of to being a connector, to opening doors, to opening windows when the doors weren't open. <laughs> I think my story is of a, a Puerto Rican young woman coming here trying to figure out how she could be a resource to her community and then quickly finding that it was hard work because she was a lot of the times the only one in the room of color and the opportunities of being able to work in partnership with communities. I hope people remember that. I think that it doesn't matter what title you have, where you've worked is how you make people feel. And that's big with me. My mother always sort of said to me, it doesn't matter, you know, if somebody's a doctor or they work 
like my dad, he washed dishes. Everybody's, you know, you treat everybody with respect. And that's what I sort of have instilled in my work. I've learned a lot about pushing through and getting things done. And I consider myself a very much an implementer. So in Boston, I still feel very proud of the work that I've done around facilitating conversations around development and or the Boston Mothers Care relief work and education and supporting younger leaders in Boston around what they want to accomplish. So it feels good when younger people say, hey, Nez, remember me? I was a part of that Jackson Square Youth, High Square Task Force Youth um, Organizing effort when you guys were doing the city work at Jackson Square. and, And this person now is like directing an organization, you know, that feels really good. That is just beautiful. That's absolutely beautiful. I know we've talked about what's on the horizon for you and your journey of learning and reflecting. So what's one last thing that you want to leave our listeners with? I would leave people with, find your champions. This work is not easy to, and you shouldn't do it alone. We need to find our village. Who are people that are going to be supporting us and sustaining us and care about us as people, not just about the work? I like to leave people with that because many times we think we're alone working and doesn't have to be that way. And I think I will leave people with, no one talks about hope anymore. (laughs) I think hope is very important. I think being able to dream is very important just as much as action is important. But I feel like we are not as close as we used to be around a lot of the politics in this country, unfortunately, you know, it's 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 now really out there and in our faces every day. I will leave people with get to know someone as a human, you know, person and treat people with dignity. Hope and dignity. I'll leave people with those two words. Those are beautiful words to leave us on. Thank you so much. It has been so lovely to chat with you. We just appreciate you, the work that you're doing in your community and the work that you're doing with us and being a part of our village. So we sincerely appreciate you and thank you. Inez, what an honor and a privilege it is to have you in our village. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and continuing to blaze trails for the next generation of leaders to learn from. Your work and dedication is a powerful example of what it means and looks like to be the change you want to see in the world. We are so excited to see what the future holds for you as you begin a new chapter of hard work. If you want to hear more from Inez, be sure to register for the 10th Annual Vital Village Network's National Community Leadership Summit where she will be one of our featured speakers. This one-day in-person event will take place in Boston, Massachusetts on October 17th, 2023. To learn more and register, please visit www.vitalvillagesummit.org. Registration closes on October 6th. I hope to see you there. Thank you for listening to In the Arena with Now. To learn more about the Vital Village Networks of Opportunity for Child Wellbeing, please visit the online forum at networksofopportunity.org. 
along with webinars, blogs, and links to this podcast. The Now Forum hosts a ton of additional resources through our searchable database. This episode was produced by Rhonda Alexander, Corinne Bauman, and Diana Rivera. Edited by Resonate with music by Akira Sora. In the Arena with Now is sponsored by Vital Village Networks at Boston Medical Center and made possible by funding from the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. Thank you.